Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by KL Skin Naturals. Their award-winning natural deodorant is sure to be your new favorite. With scents like green tea and cucumber, coconut lime, and warm vanilla sugar, you'll be smelling super fresh all day long. You can try out all these great scents in their classic formula, as well as they have a wide selection of scents in their sensitive skin formula as well. Listeners of the Rural Woman podcast can receive 10% off their order by using promo code WILDROSE10. Head on over to klskindeodorant.com to browse their wide selection of deodorants and other natural products. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This week, you'll meet Dallas James. Dallas is a farmer, which is something that she never thought she would say. A former professional musician, mom of three, and wife to a police officer, she was ready for a big life change once she hit 40. Born in Europe to Canadian parents, the first five years of her life were spent in a small farming village. It meant waking up to the sounds of roosters crowing and having a pause while a flock of sheep would cross the road. Her formative years were quite possibly the influence to her future. In the first years of owning the farm, James Family Farm, they have acquired honeybees, laying hens, pastured chickens, and their beloved Scottish Highland cattle. They believe in treating their animals with love and kindness and have a biodynamic approach. Admittedly, they have a ton to learn, but they are loving the challenge that each day brings. I'm very excited for you guys to meet Dallas. I have been in community with Dallas over on Instagram for quite some time now, and she is truly just a wonderful person, and I love her so much. In this week's episode, we recorded it back in April, I believe it was, and Dallas and I spoke about some on-farm events that are coming up for them or that were coming up for them. And due to COVID-19, just like almost everything else, had to cancel this year. But I'm sure they are looking forward to next year and all of the wonderful events that they are going to have on their farm. They have been hosting some yoga events that I've seen on their farm that look absolutely dreamy and I love it. And I also want to shout out Dallas and her complete badassness that happened just yesterday on their farm. One of their cows was having a baby, had a little trouble. So Dallas, in her beautiful outfit that she was wearing, went and helped and pull out the calf. So bravo to you, Dallas. I am your number one fan. That was awesome. So make sure you guys connect with Dallas over on Instagram after the episode is done. She leaves her handle there for you so you can connect with her. But anyways, I'll stop my rambling. I'll get on with the show and go on to our listener review. So this week's Listener's review comes from Zen Gypsy Mama via Apple Podcast. This five-star rating and review is titled, Keeping Me Inspired. Three cheers for the Rural Woman Podcast. Hearing these women's stories is so inspiring. I run and work my family homestead primarily by myself and can listen to about an episode or two during chore time. It helps me stay motivated, gives me ideas, and helps me feel connected to the larger community of female farmers. Keep it up. 
Well, thank you so much for your kind rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. If you guys are loving the show, I encourage you to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the Rural Woman Podcast, and you can hear your kind words on an upcoming episode. So without further ado, my friends, let's get to today's episode with Dallas. Good morning, Dallas. How are you? Good morning, Caitlin. I am good. The sun is shining, which means it's a great day here. (laughs) It is a great day when the sun is shining. I don't care where you are. If it's shining, it's a good day. (laughs) Agree. Agree. (laughs) I am so excited to get to share your story today on the Real Woman podcast. I have gotten to know you over on the social medias, and I think you are one of the coolest people that I know. So, For my listeners who are unfamiliar with you, give us a brief description of who you are and where you're from. Okay. Well, my name is Dallas James. I'm married to my husband, Doug, who's a police officer. I've got three kiddos. And right now, we live in Port Perry, Ontario on our baby, (laughs) brand new baby, family farm. So the journey to get to this family farm is incredible, but I want to go back to where did your first interest in agriculture stem from? So to be honest, I don't know when it specifically started, but I know I've always been attracted to the homesteading life, to living a slower pace, to living really authentically and connected, and that has always had a great appeal to me. Now, my mom recently reminded me that When I grew up in my formative years, we lived in Europe, and I was in a very small town in Germany, and it was actually in a rural farming community. So I don't know if it started way back then or if it's just been more recent, but I've just always had this tug in my heart that, you know, there's something to be said for this lifestyle. It's pretty vague, but, you know, that's the best I can encapsulate it. No, that's so great. And where in Europe did you time in. Yeah, I was born in Switzerland, but that's only because the Closter Hospital was over the border. I don't have Swiss citizenship or anything like that. But we lived in a little town called Kunden, Germany, near the Black Forest. So I was there till I was six years old, and then we came to Canada. My folks were actually from Canada. My dad was just working in Germany, so that's why I was born over there. That's very cool. Very cool. Take us on the journey of how James Family Farm came to be. So, you know, this is going to go back to before farming, but just to give the listeners a bit of an idea. My husband, uh, gosh, maybe seven years ago, came to me and said, you know what, babe, when we retire, I want to sail. And Caitlin, I tell you, this is the first time I had heard anything along those lines, come out of his mouth. Never had I even heard the thought about sailing. But he told me that this was this dream of his. And so I (laughs) replied, well, why would we wait till we retire? That's something we should do when we're young and capable, not, you know, when we're worried about our health and safety and all that. So, of course, you know, what do we do with the kids? How do we do this? Where do we go? all this sort of stuff. And I just have always had the attitude that if you want to do something, just figure out a way to do it and then start taking steps towards that. 
So we did. That's exactly what we did. We started planning. We found, well, Doug had to go get his captain's license. We found a safe area to sail. We talked to the kids' teachers and pulled them out of school. And we ended up renting a really small, old, somewhat decrepit sailboat. But we were able to spend just over a month sailing, living on the ocean in the British Virgin Islands with our three kids. And it was incredible. It just made us realize that life is meant to be lived. Dreams are meant to be chased. And, you know, the old adage where there's a will, there's a way. It's absolutely true. We worked hard and saved for a few years. And all of our energy and passion went into this. And it was just life-changing to have this experience as a family. You know, it, it brought us closer together. And one of my favorite parts of it was because there was nothing to do. There was nowhere to go and there was nothing to do other than just be in the present moment. So when our kids would hug us, we would just hug them without any other thought. You know, it was just magic. It was incredible and life changing in so many ways. So I think when we got home from that and resettled back into life, a new dream started percolating in my heart And that was the one of owning a farm. And I had no idea what type of farm that would be. I did know I always wanted chickens for some reason. But that was it. Beyond that, I didn't know. And I started slowly talking to Doug about it. And his initial response was, there's no way, with a few expletives thrown in there. And eventually, though, he came around. And it was funny. He was visiting a colleague of his who has a farm. And he came home from that visit and said to me, babe, I see what you mean. Like, you know, it's all of a sudden he just saw the lifestyle the way I had been seeing it for so long. And within a week, we were looking at properties. Within that month, we had bought, we had designed a house, we were meeting with an architect, and we were just full steam ahead. This story just blows my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And I am sure I am not the only one experiencing these feelings right now. So I want to go back. First of all, had Doug ever been on a sailboat before? Yes, he had. As a child, he did learn how to sail on Lake Ontario. His parents put him and his brother in sailing lessons one summer. So he was familiar. He also loved the water. He's a scuba diver. I, on the other hand do not like swimming, do not like fish particularly, and I'm not a fan of cramped spaces. So I was the worst candidate for living on a small boat. However, I think a dream is bigger than all of those obstacles. And if you just keep, you know, focused on that, everything else falls into place. Absolutely. And that's such a good attitude to have towards life in general, Dallas. I agree. Oh, that's so good. So I want to get into the farming stuff, but I have to ask before we move on, what was the biggest takeaway from your sailing adventure, you think? There were so many, but I think the biggest one was just realizing that we as a couple and as a family were capable of living a really big life. And I don't mean big in terms of accumulating things or wealth or anything like that. I just mean big in terms of like savoring the moments and being present and living 
so fully and completely in whatever it was we were doing. And that, you know, there's ways to figure things out. That's one term we say around here a lot is everything is figure outable. And it's absolutely true. But I think the biggest takeaway was just we wanted, we knew we wanted to be fully present in our lives moving forward. Absolutely. And what a way to get to this point, Kate. Like to be on a sailboat in the British Virgin Islands, I was Googling them before we started this. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to sail there, but I would like to fly there at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I have a very similar feeling to you when it comes to fish and cramped spaces. I was a swimmer. Fun fact for you yeah. and all of my listeners, I was a synchronized swimmer at one point in my life with the swim cap and the it. nose plugs and everything. So I do <laughs> like swimming, but I really, really yeah. don't like fish and open bodies of water kind of scare me. And I blame it on being Albertan because we don't have a right. lot of those around here, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, to be honest. I had a few panic attacks while swimming. Like, it was a really big thing. I worked every day on that trip to conquer my fear so that I could snorkel with the kids. And, again, it would just, you know, sometimes you just got to push yourself. And then once you get through it, you realize, okay, I can do hard things. This is all right. I can do things, you know. It just gives you such an amazing sense of accomplishment and confidence, which is great. I know you can't see me right now and the listeners can't see me right now, but I have the biggest smile on my face and all of the misty tears in my eyes because, yes, we can do hard things. Hey, all we'll get right back to our episode after a word from our sponsor. Nestled in the tree-filled mountains by Kootenai Lake in Nelson, British Columbia, KL Skin Naturals was founded in 2013 by owner Leah. KL Skin Naturals is known for their award-winning natural deodorant that I have personally been using since early 2017, and I can tell you from personal experience, it passes the farming test. You know what I'm talking about. I feel good knowing that the deodorant that I'm using is free from harsh chemicals and scents. All of their products are produced by hand from the very first measure to the very last label. Each recipe was worked, researched, perfected, and tested on family and friends who all agree that there's something unique to be offered in the effective products that Leah is making. Listeners of the Rural Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. So head on over to klskindeodorant.com to choose from their wide selection of clean scented natural deodorants, plus other natural skincare products such as fresh aloe skin cream, foot butters, and more. And now back to our episode. Okay, so let's get on to the farming thing. So tell us more about your farm and what you raise and produce there. Right. So we, I believe relatively, we're small. We are on 63 acres, seven of which are a maple forest. So we make maple syrup, which was one of the first things we did. And I tell you, that process is just unbelievable. You know, being so in touch with nature and how it works and the wonder and the marvel of it all. To this day, when we're down there boiling in the forest, and we do it old school, by hand, over an open fire, with whiskey, it helps. (laughs) But we just love it and are in awe. So maple syrup was our first thing. And Doug quickly went down the beehive trail and became obsessed with all things bees. 
So we've got some honeybee hives. We have laying hens. We raise meat broiling hens or broiler hens, I guess they're called. And then we purchased a fold of Scottish Highland cattle. So those are all of the things we have going on the farm. That is a lot of things for a first-generation farmer to have going on on their farm. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And honestly, when we bought the property, we didn't know what we'd end up. So we just kind of explored everything. It's like we looked into alpaca and goats and all these different sorts of things. And this is what we landed on. And it feels right. It feels just manageable enough for us at this stage. That's great. So you mentioned before that you had a dream of having chickens. So have chickens been everything you wanted them to be and more? They are the greatest. I get a little offended when people think chickens are so dumb. I hear that a lot. Oh, chickens are so dumb. I'm like, they are not. They, I don't know. They're just enjoyable. They have little personalities some more than others. I will give you that. (laughs) But, you know, when I go down to the coop and they come running out talking to me, and yes, I talk to all of my animals. And if you think I'm weird, that's okay. But chickens, they're just incredible. And how, you know, they need so little from us and yet give us such beautiful creation in their eggs. It's amazing. Absolutely. And for people who think you're weird for talking to your animals, I don't think they belong listening to this podcast. This is true. Yeah. (laughs) I believe every animal deserves to be talked to in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Absolutely. We name our animals too, which people think is really strange. And they said, well, I'd rather not call them a number. Like they have a personality. They deserve to be named. So yes, I have a very close relationship with my animals. It's true. That's awesome. So why did you decide to pick the Scottish Highland breed of cattle? Well, like a lot of things in our lives, Caitlin, you know, we find something and we then Google and YouTube. This farm was really built based on Google and YouTube. And again, that goes back to everything is figure outable. You know, we have incredible resources at our fingertips. So anyways, Doug found a fold of Highland cattle for sale on Kijiji, no less. And then we started researching the breed and found out that they are a heritage breed, which we loved. We love the look of them. I mean, it's like I have giant Muppets roaming around the property. They're just incredible. But they don't need a barn, which was a really huge thing for us because we didn't have a barn at the time. They are designed to uh, withstand harsh climates because of their hair. And their horns are great for foraging, so they can handle snowy climates and weather. And they calf easily, which was also huge for us because being first-timers, we didn't want to get into a situation where we would have to be out there, you know, assisting with births and stuff like that. Just we figured that might be beyond our scope of knowledge at this time. And then the thing that sealed the deal was we found that the Queen of England has a private fold of Highland cattle. And we figured, well, if they're good enough for the Queen... They're good enough for the James family. And that was the final thing that pushed us over to buy the fold. So <laughs> I love it. Yay for the royal family. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> I always find them so interesting, just the things that they have and the things that they're interested in. That's amazing. And yes, like you said, if it's good enough for the queen, it's good enough for you. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And they've been nothing but pure joy. I mean, just 
What an incredible creature. We love them so very much. They're just amazing. Absolutely. So what do you think have been some of the biggest challenges you have faced as a first-generation farmer? Well, we've learned a lot of ways to do things inefficiently (laughs) and then learn the proper way to do things. It's just, you know, the, the learning curve has been huge, but the flip side of that is the energy that comes with figuring things out is so satisfying. We have said, you know, a lot of times to each other, what could go wrong? And things go wrong. You know, we've had to figure out how to deal with freezing waters and getting hay stock when shortages are around and losing a beehive and just, you know, kind of everything. I believe it's probably normal for most people, but for us, because we were learning how to do things in real time, perhaps the hardest thing was we had a calf born last spring and she was really sick. She was born with some deformities and we had surgeries on site performed and we were in touch with Guelph Animal Hospital and we just tried so hard to save this little calf. But in the end, we had to say goodbye and that was probably the hardest day we've had and that we were very new. That was, you know, we hadn't even had the cows a year yet. So a ton of learning, a ton of difficulties, but all incredibly rewarding. And I think just going back to losing your calf, I personally lost a calf last year myself and it was my first Uh. go around with cattle in general. And I feel like after I lost my calf, like that is when I grew as a producer, right? Because I did everything that I could to provide the best life I could for this calf. And you guys did the same by performing surgeries and all of the things. And at the end, you still had to let it go. And after that, you still had to move on and take care of the rest of the cattle and continue to do what you're doing. So, yeah, I think for me, yeah, I can guess for you, too, it was a big growing and learning opportunity. 100%. 100% agree. So how are you marketing your products off of your farm? Well, interestingly enough, before we began on this farming adventure, I had a food business called Dal's Kitchen that I started when we lived in the suburbs. And I've always loved feeding people. To me, the table is a sacred place. I love the notion of gathering, of people sharing in food and drink. I just think there's something so special about that. So out of that stemmed my love for food, my love for feeding people a small at the time business, creating homemade from scratch prepared meals. And it was simple stuff, soup, homemade bread, granola, salads, this type of thing. But I've built up a big clientele that way. So when we moved to the farm, I just extended my offerings through that same business to include our eggs and our honey and our maple syrup and our chickens. So I believe it's called, you know, like, farm gate to consumer would be like, it's just a direct path, me to them. And the beauty of that is if they follow along on the Instagram, which most of them do, they see the progression of everything that they're about to consume, how it's raised, how it's cared for. So they really have a sense as to what goes into their food when it comes from our farm. So for now, that's how we've done things. We are starting to get to the point where we're looking to scale up 
And we're just exploring different options. You know, do we create an on-site farm store? Do we pull from that current page and do it all online through the website? We're just figuring that out. We're, you know, when you get to that tipping point where you're ready to take the next step and you've just got to sort out what the best way to do that is, we are right there. We're also exploring market vegetables. We're just in the process of building a small greenhouse that we purchased a few years ago in Kijiji. We're finally getting it up. I've had zero luck gardening, Caitlin. I don't know what my problem is, but I am committed to figuring it out this year and to learning what we can grow because I'd love to be able to offer veggies as well. So, you know, people can get a kit. They can buy their fresh tomatoes, their fresh basil, their fresh garlic, and their homemade pizza dough and go home and make a delicious dinner for their family. That's kind of the vision we're just working towards right now. That is very cool. And I also am a terrible gardener. Like, <laughs> Really? That makes me feel so good about myself. Yep. I'm absolutely awful. And for the last three years, I've tried my hardest to do things. And for whatever reason, my tomato plants die or probably more or less right? I forget to water them. But again, this yeah. year, I am also committed to making my garden work, and I am happy to announce that I have thriving tomato plants, and I even got a pepper to sprout, so that was you well, know, a big deal. Miracles <laughs> can happen, so Absolutely. there you go. I this is very <laughs> encouraging to me. Yeah, I again, it's just such a huge learning curve, but. We'll figure it out. Everything is figure outable, and we can do hard things, right? That's what we've learned. That is the theme. Here. We can even grow peppers. Even that we can do. Exactly. And honestly, I journal every morning, and one of my things yes. is, like, even if I got one tomato, I would be so happy. <laughs> and that's the one you're going to take a beautiful photo of and keep. We're going to commemorate that tomato in every way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have an event coming up on your farm. Tell us more about the Nourish event and what that is all about. Oh, for sure. So part of living this journey and this lifestyle is, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I just want to share it with everybody because I think it's the most beautiful thing. So we've designed an event geared to women coming up in September called Nourish. Actually, our tagline for our farm, I should share, is grow, gather, nourish. And everything we do around here hits one of those three things. And so nourish is going to be a time of gathering, of coming together, learning together, exploring the property, enjoying a farm-to-table lunch, and just having time together to really satisfy our soul, you know, especially for people who don't get to live in this setting that we do, there's something so healing about the farm and being in the space and touching the earth and feeling the soil and just all of that goodness, you know, that comes with this lifestyle. And I want to share it with people. We are opening up our farm for, for women at this event. And I'm really hopeful it's going to be a great success. We've got some incredible speakers lined up and it's just going to be special for sure. That is amazing. And I think it's important to note that for people who grew up in this lifestyle and for people who have been around agriculture, what you're saying here is maybe might not resonate with them as much as it does with somebody who's like me who came from outside of agriculture and uh-huh. the value of connecting with this because this isn't our everyday life. And uh-huh. I'm, I'm, honored, I'm honored and privileged now to have this as my everyday life, but for somebody 
let's say even like my husband who grew up here, when I see things for the first time or when I see my tomato plant coming up and I'm excited for somebody Mm -hmm. who's like, this is just normal and every day, like it might not be as big of a deal. So having Mm -hmm. an event like this and connecting with urban people and bringing them to this rural setting and connecting them to where their food comes from and just being outside in nature, I think is just an amazing thing. I agree. And I think the lens that we as first generation farmers bring is that it reminds people of the wonder of it. There's something incredible about the production of an egg. I mean, and if you're used to it, seeing it every day, I guess it becomes commonplace. But when you really think about it, it's amazing. It's amazing how, you know, the cows call their calves from across the field and they come bounding back. And I mean, the marvel of honeybees, that's incredible unto itself and how the forest produces sap and we can make syrup. Just, I don't know, everything blows my mind. And I'm so grateful that I now get to see it firsthand and live it and to see something grow out of the earth. I mean, I don't know, I feel like a little kid, right? It's like Christmas morning, often. (laughs) And I don't know if you feel the same, but I hope we never lose that sense of wonder because to me, that's just the beauty of it all. Absolutely. I 100% agree. So before we started recording, I was looking up your event and I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I wish I could be there. I wish I could go there and be with you and do this event with you. But I did notice on your website that you did have the option as an angel gifter if you wanted to help a woman attend who wasn't in a position to do so. So Dallas, I would like to do that. Yeah. And I will be donating a position for a woman to attend because I know the importance of connecting, first of all, as a Oh, Caitlin. So I would like mm-hmm. to, <clears throat> I'm getting misty. <laughs> I would like Aww, to do that that is- and uh, donate a position for somebody to go because I can't go because we'll be in the middle of harvest, but I'll be thinking of you. Right. <laughs> that is so, so sweet. And, you can trust that it'll go to somebody deserving who needs it, you know, Absolutely. whose soul needs it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Dallas, what is your future plans for the Jane Family Farm? I know you mentioned about expanding your marketing, but what are some of your other things mm-hmm. that you have? Well, I really love the idea of these events and of bringing people together to learn things, even in the homesteading vein, you know, let's learn how to make soap, let's learn how to make bread, things that I have been doing for a while, but that is still really new to a lot of people. And I think having an experience like that in a farm-like setting is really special. So that's one component. And if our garden takes off this summer, fingers crossed and toes too, then We're hoping to expand that. We'd really like to dip our toes in the market gardener market (laughs) foray, however you explain it, the market gardener world, and just provide really great, clean veggies for people. We're going to continue to breed our Highland Fold, and I'd love to also explore just becoming a breeding farm for other people who want to start up with cattle. In my opinion, they are a great introductory breed to that world. So, you know, we'll just keep going bit by bit. We haven't been at it that long, but I think those are in the foreseeable future, you know, where we're headed. Very cool. And Dallas, my last question for you is what is the most rewarding part about being a farmer for you? That deserves an essay. The answer, I would say 
for us specifically, it has been, farming has reignited our passion for learning, which comes with frustration, but in the best kind, the ones that push you to be a better person, to grow, you know, being grateful for where we are and just learning. I think that would be it. Learning, learning, learning. I love it. It's just the greatest energy. And Caitlin, I got to say too, you know, I joke to people that this farm was built with the help of YouTube and Google, but it was also built with the help of podcasts and yours specifically being so instrumental. Like the fact that I'm speaking to you now, I'm kind of fangirling a bit because I've been listening to you from the inception. As soon as you birthed this baby podcast, I was on board and I have learned so much from your guests and, you know, have just, even the ones that sponsor, I've reached out to and I'm purchasing products from them and I've taken Kelsey's course and there's just been so many great, great things. And I'm grateful to you for, I know this takes time and effort and I imagine you already have a very busy schedule. I know you do if it's anything like mine. And so just know that it's really appreciated. The other thing I wanted to say quick, if I can add on, is I hear a lot, and I don't know if this comes across your path, but people saying, oh, I've always wanted to do that too, or you're living my dream. I've always dreamt of having a farm or chickens or goats or whatever it is. And I would just say to those people, then do it because life is too short to not do the things you want to do or the things that fill your heart. And we're no different from anybody else. I mean, my husband was a city boy. We grew up in the suburbs and uh, we moved our entire life. We turned everything upside down to make this happen and we couldn't be happier for it. So I would encourage people, if you've got something brewing, whatever it is, farming, sailing, I can help you with those two, but whatever it is, don't be afraid to chase it. Don't be afraid. (laughs) I am fangirling over you so hard right now. (laughs) Thank you so much for your kind words. And I have been so honored and privileged to share the stories of so many incredible women doing incredible things in agriculture and in their life in general. And I am so, so Mm -hmm. thankful to add Dallas James to that list of incredible women. I'm honored, (laughs) honored to be included. So good. So for the listeners Mm -hmm. who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online? I spend the majority of my social time on Instagram, and that is James Family Farm. Our website is also jamesfamilyfarm.ca, the same handle for Facebook and Pinterest. Awesome. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you again so much for being on the Rural Woman Podcast. I really, truly appreciate it. It has been my absolute pleasure, Caitlin. Keep doing the hard work you're doing. It means the world, truly. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.